0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one best-selling book, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Then call my office at 662-844-1414 and order my new book, The Code Breaker. Welcome in on a Friday to The Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky, always glad that you are with me, and today... Talking about the loss to LSU last night, the recap podcast, Wide Orbit, our hosting site, was down earlier today, so this is going to be a later upload uh, than usual, so please forgive me for that. I don't know when it's going to be ready. Uh, It could be this morning, it could be this afternoon, I don't know, but I have recorded this fully aware that Wide Orbit is down, and you guys may never hear this. (laughs) I don't know when you're going to, but uh, anyway. Always glad that you're with me. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, this will be a a recap. So as you guys know, I do a morning live stream. I do all the planning and all that stuff for the radio show in the afternoon. Also a Sunday show and, of course, this. And uh, I am stretched pretty, pretty thin. So I hope you forgive me for for this and how I'm approaching this today. But I talked extensively about this game. Everything that comes with it, the decision not to bunt McCants, Plumley needing to be an everyday guy, wasting Diamond's opportunity, going to Broadway, and and all that stuff. I talked about it for a very long time on the stream. I'm just going to pull the audio from that stream and play it for you here as the recap. I I don't have time. I'm stretched way too thin, uh, as it turns out. Um, And talking about the same thing the same way two different times feels like a waste of time. And I don't have a whole lot of that today. So uh, please forgive me for that. If you listen to the stream, this is going to be the same. Uh, Thank you for listening to the stream, but this is going to be the same thing. Um, If you didn't, here's your full recap of Thursday night's game. You will have another one after Friday's game and after the Grove Bowl as well. So three pods coming your way this weekend. Uh, The show is brought to you by LB's, best place in Mississippi to get your meat, just across from Kroger on University Avenue. Stop by and let Greg do the cooking for you and tell him, we sent you with one of their daily lunch specials, or you've got a beautiful day coming on Sunday. So the baseball's over, the Grove Bowl's over. You want to relax and kick back. Get that started at LB's. Enjoy your 75 and sunny on Sunday afternoon. And uh, enjoy this recap of Ole Miss and LSU. So again, I'll be back tomorrow and Saturday night talking about the Grove Bowl and this series and all that good stuff. But for now, here is instant reaction Whenever you hear it, I don't know when Wide Orbit's going to be available, but whenever you hear it, instant reaction to Ole Miss and LSU. All right, Ole Miss loses its fourth straight series opener, this time at the hands of LSU. Five to four was the final, and it was really a three spot in the top of the seventh that changed everything for LSU. So a little box score house cleaning. Uh, LSU got two runs in the first, first on Derek Diamond. More on that uh, here in a little bit. Um, But it wasn't because of Diamond. Awful defense, and he also had an error himself in that inning, but awful defense behind him led to two unearned LSU runs in the top of the first. Ole Miss responded with a home run in the bottom of the first, another home run in the bottom of the fourth. That game was tied at two until the sixth inning where Ole Miss scored two in the bottom of the sixth, and then LSU responded immediately in top seven with a three spot, and that was your game. Five to four was the final. Hitters for Ole Miss, Jacob Gonzalez had a hit. He was one for four, with two RBIs. That was a big home run in that spot. Kevin Graham had that solo shot. Uh, Justin Bench had a couple of hits. McCants had one. Leatherwood had one before he was knocked out of the game. Don't know the extent of that injury right now. We'll see if he's in the lineup tonight, but that looked nasty uh, out there in right center field, a collision between he and McCants and uh, got his ankle caught up underneath McCants when they were colliding. Uh, for a play, and uh, he's been really hot lately, and we'll we'll see if uh, he's able to continue. Cale Baker had three hits on the night. He has solidified that spot in the lineup. So when he came back from that injury and he was immediately inserted in the lineup, the question at least we asked on the radio show was, can he prove that he belongs there? Because up until that point, he hadn't proved that he belonged there. He has responded since that injury, so he had a nice night. Uh, On the mound for Ole Miss, Derek Diamond was just excellent considering the situation that he was put in. He did not know he was going to start yesterday until about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, And he also pitched in the midweek. And uh, he pitched against Mississippi State, and and it didn't look great on Friday. And he lost his Sunday starting job. So you can imagine stepping into this game – probably lacking in confidence some, and he was great. So he pitched six complete, um, gave up three runs, one of which was earned, and that run scored after he was taken out of the game. He was trotted out in the seventh. Uh, You know, maybe you can question that, uh, gave up a double, and that run scored. But six complete, one earned run, four strikeouts. He was absolutely excellent in a difficult spot, and almost wasted it again. I mean, just another... Really good Friday night performance that Ole Miss just absolutely wasted. Considering that spot, he was great, and um, and it just didn't matter. It just didn't matter. Didn't play good enough defense behind him, uh, left too many runners on base, and Broadway, your best bullpen arm, couldn't seal the deal. Uh, um, just another really nice, wasted Friday night start. The story of the game, aside from losing the game itself, was the lack of Gunnar Hoagland. No Gunnar Hoagland for Ole Miss. We got the news um, during the radio show. We actually you know, broke it uh, live that Gunnar Hoagland was a scratch, that he was not going to be pitching last night. And, of course, everybody had a bunch of questions. Uh, Richard wasn't initially told why. I just was told that he will not be in the lineup. Shortly thereafter, I was told that uh, it was arm stiffness, and so we got that out there. And then that report was confirmed by Old Miss that it was um, arm stiffness. Nobody seems overly concerned. In fact, there is uh, a chance that you even see him at some point this weekend. Uh, said that he threw a bullpen this week and was just a little tight, and that's it. Uh, they don't seem overly concerned. Like I said, um, it was tightness earlier in the week, and they didn't make that decision until 3 o'clock yesterday to scratch him. I know there are examples in the past of of guys having arm tightness or something like that, and it, it lasts a while. Ole Miss and Mississippi State fans both, if you're listening to this, uh, have seen that in the past. But the initial feeling around this situation is that it's not long-term. Like I said, there's even thought, there's conversation that um, he might still make an appearance this weekend at some point. So arm stiffness uh nobody seems to be overly concerned it did lead to a scratch last night and i had a bunch of people asking why i mean when we were talking about it on the radio show yesterday we had a couple people say if it's not that big of a deal why didn't he pitch well it, it, it's a really simple answer and i'm sure a lot of you already know this answer but i was asked so um because he is soon to be a top 15 pick he is a couple months away from Being a millionaire, life altering money is on the way if he just shows up healthy. And so if there is even an ounce of discomfort, if there is anything with him at all involving his arm or his ability to pitch that is even slightly off for whatever reason, even if it's nothing, if it's a big deal, if it's no deal, if he is slightly off at all, you don't run him out there. Because he's got millions of dollars, life altering money on the way. And good luck getting another Gunnar Hoagland if you threw him out there when he was uncomfortable and it led to something worse. Good luck getting another one because you won't. If your reputation is you don't take care of your arms if guy's a little uncomfortable, if he's a little tight, but you make him pitch because you gotta have that win on Friday night, good luck getting another Gunner Hoagland. Um it, it wouldn't happen. Um but where it is, it's no big deal. We'll see if, if that actually uh, comes to fruition. Uh, you wasted Diamond, but but offense was really the story. So we'll get to Broadway in a second. Offense was uh, the story for Ole Miss. Now, I know that Landon Marceau is a really good pitcher, but Ole Miss jumped on him. I mean, they scored four runs on Landon Marceau. Uh, three home runs led to it. They jumped on him, uh, but... They had the door shut in their face late in the game. Ole Miss left, if I have the count correctly, 13 batters on base. Gonzalez left two, Graham left three, Bench left one, McCants left two, Baker left one, Harris left three. Carry the two. That's 13 runners left on base for Ole Miss last night. It is not a bullpen decision. It is not. Gunnar Hoagland being out, Ole Miss lost the game last night because they played terrible defense in the first. That led to two LSU runs, and they could not get the clutch hit, and LSU could. Last Sunday, Mississippi State got the clutch hit. Last night, LSU gets the clutch hit. Ole Miss, 13 men left on base. Uh, Gonzalez had that key home run but couldn't do it again, couldn't get that next clutch hit to win the game last night, and it cost him. That's your story. That's your ball game. It's nothing else. It's not mismanagement. It's not Hoagland being out. It is simply players, good, the, the best offense in the SEC statistically, good hitters, just couldn't get it done last night. Um, I will not criticize the Broadway decision bringing him in in that moment, or not bunning McCants in the ninth. I will not criticize either one of those decisions. Like I told you guys on Monday, um, believe it or not, I'm remarkably consistent in terms of my position on things. I I would like to think that that is my best attribute in this business. I don't have very many good ones. In fact, this might be my only one, but I know that I'm pretty consistent. And I said on Monday that – going to Mallets instead of Broadway against Mississippi State on Sunday. That was not a hindsight. It didn't work. Now I think it's stupid thing. In the moment, that wasn't the right decision. In the moment, if he would have gone to Broadway then and it didn't work, I would not have criticized it because he's your best arm. You hadn't used him all weekend. If it didn't work, it didn't work because sometimes it just doesn't, but that would have been the right decision. Last night, Going to Broadway in that moment was the right decision. It's a concern. In fact, it's a it's a problem that he's your only truly, really reliable bullpen arm you've got. There are some guys that have shown you some flashes in limited action, but when you need outs, when you want to win a game, it's Taylor Broadway for Old Miss. He's got electric stuff. He's really good in that role. I mean, he's a high-level, I mean, multiple-inning closer. In college baseball, he's one of the best. There are not many guys out there that you would trade Taylor Broadway for. There happens to be one at Mississippi State. But you would not trade Taylor Broadway for most everybody else in college baseball in that role. Going to him last night was the right decision. You had a two-run lead. There's a guy on second. That was the right call. It was the exact right call. I am not going to criticize Mike Bianco today for making the right call. Sometimes it just doesn't work. Sometimes your elite-level bullpen arm, for some reason, gives up a handful of runs in the lead in, in a spot where you trust nobody more than him. That just happens sometimes. So if there is I – ha- I didn't see it myself. I'm sure there are people out there, though, that are criticizing going to Broadway. No. That was the right move. It just didn't work. Mismanagement was not the issue last night. I'm also not going to criticize the bunting. Runner on first and second with no out in the ninth uh, and your true freshman, McCants, uh, at the plate, who's a 300 hitter. I'm not going to criticize that move either because, I mean, unless I uh, call me crazy. But if you bunt McCants, and you're not 100% sure that that would work out anyway. I mean, we don't know. Maybe he's not very good at bunting, which, you know, maybe you can criticize that. But maybe you're not confident he can lay one down anyway. And on top of that, what would stop LSU from when you bunt runners over, if you do it successfully, just putting Plumlee on first? What's stopping them from doing that? If it was Leatherwood, maybe. If it was Leatherwood, maybe. And, you know, Baker was having a good night, so maybe LSU doesn't do that because they don't want to get to Baker. But, I mean, McCants is a good hitter. He's a really good hitter. There's no outs in the ninth. I I just – this team all year long has not relied on sacrifice bunting. They don't do it, really. It's just not their thing. They have statistically – the best offense in the SEC overall, you have, albeit a freshman, a good hitter at the plate. I would prefer McCants to hit in that moment than not. If it was Leatherwood behind him, that's different. But it was Plumlee, whose OPS is really good. But if it was Leatherwood, who's been as hot as he is, maybe that changes things some. But McCants is a good hitter. I am not going to criticize Mike Bianco for not butting a 330 hitter with runners on first and second and no out in a one run game. I'm not going to do it. You're free to do that. Again, I mean, of course, you can do what you want. You don't have to come to me for (laughs) criticism advice, but I'm not going to do that here. I was highly critical of Mike Bianco on Monday to the point where uh, I got the response of, well, well, fire him, and who are you going to hire? So it turned into that conversation. Um, because that was a bad decision with Mallets on Sunday against Mississippi State, regardless of the outcome. Going to Broadway when he did was the right move. It just didn't work. Not bunting a 330 hitter with runners on first and second and no out, I think that's the right move. And I'm not going to criticize that. It just didn't work. It simply, it just did not work. And that happens sometimes in in baseball. If Ole Miss hadn't lost three series in a row and three Friday nights in a row, this would be one of those things where you're just like, man, it's baseball. You get beat sometimes. Move on. Get them the next two. This game, the, the reaction that you've gotten to this game, the people that are fired up and mad, is because it's another squandered opportunity on Friday night with a really good outing, this time from Derek Diamond. It's another game where your opponent made the clutch hit when it mattered and you couldn't come through. But in a vacuum, this is the definition. This game is the textbook definition of the phrase that some people hate, that's baseball. Last night for Ole Miss, man, that's baseball. You have your best bullpen arm in the game and he blows a lead. That's baseball. You have a 330 hitter on, and your highest OPS active player on the team with runners on first and second and no out, and they both get out. That's baseball. I mean, that just happens in this game. So in a vacuum, that's baseball. But we don't exist in a vacuum, and I certainly understand why people are upset and mad this morning, because that's your fourth straight Friday night, air quotes, series opening loss. It's another game where you squandered a great start. You left 13 runners on base in the first inning, just played crap defense behind your struggling, or at least he was struggling going into this game. Pitcher who had to get put into the lineup, I mean, a couple hours before the game, he learned that he was starting last night, and you blew it. That's frustrating, but there there's nothing to me. There's nothing to criticize Mike Bianco for in this. There was on Sunday. Nothing here. Your best pitcher just didn't make the pitches. A three thirty hitter got out. I'm not bunting a three thirty hitter. I'm sorry, I'm not doing it. Uh, The highest OPS on your team struck out, and that's baseball. Excuse my language, please. But shit happens. And that's what last night was for uh, Ole Miss. They are in pressure territory, though. Uh, I mean, tonight's game, just like game two against Mississippi State, Doug Nikhazy, man, I mean, the pressure's all on his shoulders tonight. He's got to deliver. Ole Miss cannot afford to lose this series because then at that point they'd be in a free fall. Uh, I mean, you'd be the, – the conversation would turn from – Who are they going to be across from to they might not be hosting anymore? I mean, you have got to win this series. So all the pressure is on Nikhazy tonight. All the pressure is on Ole Miss tonight. It's starting to ramp up a little bit. They've got to deliver. I mean, they have absolutely. They've got to deliver. And it starts with Nikhazy, who you couldn't ask for anybody better in this role, but it's got to work. There's no margin for error this weekend anymore. It's a team that you're better than. You should be. It's a team that you should take a series from. They got to go do it, and they got to back end it. Also, they need uh, John Rice Plumley in the lineup every day. John Rice Plumley needs to be in the lineup every day. I don't care what side or what arm the pitcher uses. He needs to be in the lineup every day. That play he made last night to save a run. Um. A double at second he is the best pure outfielder they have he's a plus and then some defender and when you look at hitting for him right now it's a smaller sample size but he's got an OPS that is second on the team to Tim Elko so he's got the highest OPS on the team he's got a four digit OPS and he's hitting 324 again in a small sample size he's slugging at 500 I mean th- this is a guy that gives you plus defense and obviously he's doing well enough in a small sample size to have a high level OPS the highest on the team a 320 hitter that needs to be in your lineup every day because right now and I think it's a really simple solution what you sh- what you do or what I think you should do or can do anyway you could either slap him at center and maybe D.H. McCants or move Kevin Graham to first and D.H. Baker and put McCants in left. I think Plumlee needs to be your center fielder, personally, uh, but he needs to be in the lineup every day. I think it's a really simple solution. You you, do, you D.H. McCants or, or you D.H. Kale Baker, and insert Plumley in your lineup every day because the play he made last night underscores why you need his defense because Ole Miss is not good defensively in the outfield right now without him. And also he hits. He hits. And right now your options at, um, at DH aren't good. I mean, there, there's no good option right now. So solve that by putting Plumley in your everyday lineup. Um, he belongs there. He absolutely belongs there, um, and not because he plays piano and also football. He belongs there because he turns out kid can play baseball, um, so he needs to be there. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.